right, everybody, what is up? Welcome back to Tag Team with our first bonus episode. This is only going to be on audio platforms, that being Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, is there another one I'm forgetting, GW? Google. Google. Oh, yes, fresh on Google as well. Um, and so JW was obviously out this past week. Did, Aaron did a wonderful job, but we figured we'd also talk some more about some other things and also incentivize you to listen into our audio platforms. So as part of our first bonus episode, we thought we'd focus in on the expanded format. So I see no reason not to jump right into it. Expanded is coming up in the next couple of weeks. We have Richmond and Portland in short succession, both in the Unified Minds expanded format. Um, a lot of yep. different decks and different strategies are poised to do well, depending on who you ask, I think. We have lots of people in the Mewtwo camp, lots of people in the Archie's camp, lots of people in the Dark camp, some people in the Control mm -hmm. camp. And Expanded seems to have birthed a wide array of strategies that could all seem to do well, depending on who picks it up and how the lists look. JW, you've tested a lot of Expanded so far, haven't you? I have. Yeah. So what, what pushed you to delve so deep into the Expanded format so early on? Well, there's just so much that you can do. I made a list of just every possible deck that I thought could see play. Now, that could be like a tier one archetype, something like Blastoise or Mewtwo, all the way down to those kind of counter deck or rogue decks like, you know, maybe Hitmonchan or, um, you know, even like a Malamar or something. And I... I counted over 20 different variants, you know, different decks that you could play in expanded and that have some type of merit in the expanded format. So obviously when you're talking about 20 plus decks, that's just a ton of information, a ton of different cards, a ton of different interactions. And I wanted to get really deep into that to not be, you know, fooled when the time <laughs> came to not, look at something and not know what it was going to do to me uh, when I got to the tournament. So that is why I've delved so deeply into expanded and uh, it's really been a, a fun time. I got to say. So I know that you more than maybe any of my friends is, are someone who likes to jump really deep into a deck and figure out all the intricacies of it, all of its matchups really in depth, as opposed to testing a wide array of decks, at least in my experience. So I know you've tested a lot of Gardevoir, and with the Mewtwo Mega Gardevoir variant, that is. And that seems to be your yeah. top deck in the moment. Um, so what kind of brought you to that stage? I mean, in the standard format, it feels like all the decks, I don't want to say same are samey, but they're like a similar power level. You can kind of pick any of them up, and they all feel decent. And Mewtwo obviously stands out compared to the rest of them. Expanded, though, sure. there's so many different combos and so many different things you have to account for. How did you reframe your mindset to get to the point where you're testing a deck like this? Well, that's kind of it. There are so many choices that I almost feel like it's best to make a decision in the expanded format on a deck that you know is like near the top and, and just run with that. Find out its, its weaknesses, find out its strengths, and just dig, dig, dig into that deck. You, you just have to make that choice. That initial choice, I think, is so important because, you know, I have testing groups that say, you know, Turbo Dark is really good. I have, I have testing groups that say, you know, of course, Blastoise is the number one deck. And, like, <laughs> how do you decide 
you know, how do you decide? I, I really think that when you're testing a format as wide open as expanded, you just want to take that one deck that you feel very confident in after your, you know, initial playthroughs of the, of the uh, supposed meta and just dig really, really deep. So I just, I just think it comes down to, there's so much to choose from. You can get lost in uh, the choice. You know, you go to the grocery store and there's 25 different brands of peanut butter. How do you make a choice? <laughs> well, for me, I'll pick the one that, ah, oh, this one is on sale. Seems like a good choice. I'll take it home. And then maybe next week, you know, I'll go out to the other one that's on sale. I think what I'm trying to say is like, you can get p- paralyzed by choice. Mm-hmm. And so you want to try to avoid um, having kind of a flavor of the week where you say, oh, this week I love this deck. And then your friend is like, oh, well, this deck plays really good. And then you try that. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is the best deck. And then you go to this other deck and you're like, oh, well, maybe this is the choice. And then you go, maybe this is, and you just start running in circles. Yeah, I know. I was actually, that's something I actually specifically wanted to talk about today is I know at least in our personal testing groups, we get caught in traps a lot. And I think this affects a lot of different people where even if you're deep diving into a deck, you can get caught in these weird logical loops. Uh, A good example of that is you know, we're, maybe we're playing a Mewtwo deck of some sort and expanded, and all of a sudden on the ladder you hit one crazy deck. Maybe like you hit that Honchko Greens deck or something, and you're just—it's yeah. just like, whoa, holy! Wait a sec, is this even a viable deck? Like I just got destroyed by this horrible Honchko deck or you know whatever. And I think yeah. that's another aspect of it. Like besides getting paralyzed by choice, also recognize that there's so many things going on that you can't account for every single thing in in the choice that you're making. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, that that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um and that that's why I like, you know, to to take it from a general philosophy back to uh the singular deck. That's really why I like the Mewtwo deck because it has all these kind of different options. You have ways to play just about every single matchup. It might not always work. And you, you know, there are certainly some weaknesses, some very strong weaknesses to the deck, but you have a way to play every matchup, and and I like that a lot. Totally, totally. So we've been testing the Mewtwo deck a lot, but for a player that's coming into expanded, how would you recommend that they choose a deck to to delve deep into? You recommended that as a strategy, but there's obviously a huge sure. array of differences that come between these formats. Whether you're a new player or a seasoned veteran, it can be hard to make that transition from event to event. So you personally seem sure. to have made that transition fairly smoothly. You're playing in standard events consistently while also plugging away at expanded. Are there differences you have to account for in your mindset, in your testing, in your general framework that you approach decks when you look at expanded? Sure. Well, the expanded format, I, I will say, you know, it does favor the experienced. So, you know, the oldest cards in the expanded format are cards that were, you know, being played in the in the decks when I was getting into the game. So I know them on a very intimate level. Uh, most of the cards in the expanded format that date, you know, before our current standard. Um, and so. You know, I, I think it does help to just be acquainted, you know, so so the expanded format is going to favor the the experienced player. And that said, if you're a new player, I, I just kind of almost think of it as two different games. 
So you have your standard format. It has its set of, you know, guidelines and outcomes and decks. And then you have the expanded format, whole different thing. It's like a whole different game to me. Uh, and that has its own, you know, archetypes and decks and cards and, and combos uh, that are just better in that format. And yeah. so I think identifying, being able to identify those is clutch, very key to, to figuring it out, you know? And so how do you figure out the format if you're not used to it? Well, I think the first place that you would go uh, to try to figure out what deck you want to play uh, is just to go to past results. Now, that's not the best when we're talking about a kind of a blind expanded format. And all I mean by blind is that there have been, I think, two sets released since the last expanded tournament. Right. That's what um, I was thinking. But just go, yeah, just go back to what has done well in the past um, and then try to adapt those strategies for the current uh, meta. So a great example of that is Archie's. You know, that was a deck that's been around for a long time. There are lists that, you know, date back to 2015. Uh, so you can go back and look at that one archetype. And, you know, if, if you have any semblance of social media presence, you'll know that people are talking about Archie's Blastoise as being a, a good deck. And so you can kind of see how the lists have evolved, kind of see what strategies people have used in the past, and then see how you can update those lists to handle the, uh, you know, handle the future. I guess uh, I, I would like to to flip that back on you because obviously Riley, um, you also have had good success in expanded. Yeah. How do you go about how do you go about choosing decks and and how do you go about thinking about the expanded format? Yeah, I think I think more than standard. Even I like to grind in expanded because there is so much going on, and I like to get a good familiarity with how the format's feeling at the time. Because expanded can yeah. shift pretty dramatically as sets come out, um, but it's also interesting as well how much it stays the same. I guess. Um, yeah. Good points being Archie's Trevenant Night March Seismitoad variants. They've existed and expanded forever, and it's more about like kind of tailoring those base fundamental strategies of doing lots of damage, of getting out the Blastoise and using a variety of attackers to map out your prizes or lock strategies those seem to be like the big kind of staples of the expanded format right and so me personally what i like is i kind of like a more tempo focused strategy i guess you could say that that kind of keeps up and consistently will do something over and over again so that's what drew me a lot to zorark early on and well not early on but in previous years and expanded i was really drawn to the zorark because you know, you do a very consistent strategy and you just do it really well and you can respond to what your opponent's doing and not so much have to have to worry about being countered because you have a variety of tools to deal with a variety of situations. And in a modern day, I think the, uh, the equivalent of that is just a, a straightforward like Guarding Mewtwo deck that, you know, it does consistent damage. It it has like that healing aspect to it if you want that. It and so that's some, that's something I like is that tempo strategy. Other players are really drawn to an aggressive strategy, you know, being someone who is asking the questions of these other players. So for those players, I think strategies like Night March and Archies are a really good fit, um, and those are strategies that somehow have survived all these different updates and changes to cards and strategies and expanded. So that's kind of, if you're into that, that's where I would recommend picking up. And of course, in Expanded, there's a huge variety as well of control strategies. 
So if you're a player who likes to play something yeah. like Sylveon in past years or someone who likes to play more like Keldeo Stall decks, there's plenty of, of Wall or like a Rangaroo type decks as well that can lock yep. your opponent out of the game. And I think all of them have their have their own merit. And it's a matter of, I think you if you can narrow it down to like which archetype fits you the best and then slot the deck that the best deck for that archetype for the tournament, you'll find the most success. Because um, mm. I think every single expanded tournament, we've seen a variety of decks do well, right? I don't think there's been an expanded tournament sure. probably since like the Dallas days where we've seen complete domination. One deck be dominant. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even... Yep. We've seen stuff like Night March, Trev, and Archies all make top eight of a of a regional in one regional, and that was like those are three completely different ways to approach the game. So, yep, I I think I echo what you're saying. I guess is what I'm getting at is there's a lot of things going on. You should find the one that fits you best, and then and just master that and become really good at that. Um, also, yeah. in expand, I think there's just there's a lot of people who aren't willing to take that time and won't be as familiar with their decks. And so even in matchups yeah. where you might otherwise struggle, if you have a really good grasp on it and have the right list, you can wiggle out of a lot of situations with any deck. And especially yeah, absolutely. With, I couldn't I couldn't agree more there. Yeah, especially with cards like, you know, add in the format, which I is of course a more reliable disruptive aspect to reset stamp, um, also serving as a draw card. I mean, I I've tested so many games in the ladder at this point where I and even just in the past couple of days where I've been able to end people and mount insane comebacks. And <laughs> that's one of the, that's actually pretty satisfying. I think, you know, as, as much as people like to hate on N, um, I kind of like it and it's, it feels less degen than reset stamps sometimes. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. Um, all right. So if you're the, you know, if this is your first regionals, you're going to regionals for the first time, it's an expanded regionals, it's Virginia, you know, what would be your advice to that player that they've never played a regionals before and their first regionals is going to be expanded? What would you say to them? Um, one thing that I would be sure that they're aware of is that even though games might end quicker turns are longer so we we harp a lot on this podcast of being aware of when to scoop and like being aware of the situations that you're in and i think that's more important and expanded because time is such a valuable resource i mean first turns can take five ten minutes easily um yep mostly the fault of battle compressor and shaman as opposed to anything else but still you know those turns take a while Mm -hmm. um Another thing I would keep in mind is there's just going to be a huge variety of decks. So you might you might hit good matchups, you might hit bad matchups. There's only so much you can do about it as long as you made the best call that you felt like was for the tournament. Um, and you, we, talk, we talked as well before about how it's very easy to have completely different days depending on you know just the person and how they enter the tournament, even at the same record every round. And expanded is way more guilty of that, just because there's more decks. So you might make right. a great call for that tournament, and it might just not be your tournament. But you should enjoy it for what it is, and take that as a learning experience too. Because there's all sorts of cool plays that happen in expand. I think in expanded, the best players win more often. Um, we saw pretty much complete domination by DDG last year because they kept making the correct calls and picking really awesome lists. 
and nobody was really prepared for that um i guess that due diligence that dg had put in yep is there anything else Absolutely. that you would you would look to to say to a new player in expanded well i would just say in terms of deck choice just choose i mean of course choose a deck you're comfortable with because there's so many decks out there uh to choose from you know um but i would say secondly is choose a deck that's consistent choose a deck that's consistent um we we come to expanded and you know i'm certainly guilty of doing this but i try to like tech for everything and in a in a lot of cases i end up going a little bit too far and i end up making a list that's taking out consistency cards in favor of cards that are specifically useful in very niche matchups and so i would just say if you're going to you know your first regionals in virginia um, or portland just choose a deck that's going to do what it does you know almost all the time don't go in there with a deck and a list that is over teched or you know has less consistency just just go in there with the most consistent list that you can build uh, that you feel very comfortable with and i think you're going to see a lot of success because i do think a lot of people are very guilty as as am i of kind of over teching uh or just adding unnecessary cards, kind of having a lot of fluff. Just keep it really tight, keep it really consistent, um, and you should do pretty well. Uh, and I, I definitely agree that consistency is what you should aim for first, especially because it's so easy to make a really, really consistent deck and expand it if you don't mess with your engine by trying to slot in text. But of course, yes. texts are so valuable and expanded as well. I mean, Pokemon probably has the strongest tech cards out of any card game if i had to just say so off the top at least amongst the big ones so sure how much value do you put upon techs are there certain techs that you're valuing more than others right now or do you think it's better just to only apply the consistency approach and go in kind of with as vanilla as possible at the moment well i can only recommend techs if in expanded particularly if they can help you in a variety of matchups so if you have a tech card and you're thinking about playing it, but it only helps in that one matchup and like it, it only helps in that one matchup. You really need to take a step back and, and ask yourself, is this card really worth it? Because again, you know, you could just go through that nine rounds and never play that one deck that you decided to tech for. And all of a sudden that card is, is, you know, a wasted slot or a wasted two slots or, you know, however many slots you dedicated to teching, uh, and just because the format's so wide open, you just never know. You can never guarantee you're going to hit something. Now, if if you're teching against like a a tier one archetype, and and that's the only way your deck can beat it, <laughs> then you know maybe you're having a different discussion. Right. Um, but I would say make sure that your techs that you choose to play actually have value in other matchups. So, I know I have my own opinions on this. What are texts that you find personally valuable in your current understanding of the metagame? That's not saying necessarily that those are the texts to play for Portland or Virginia, but just based on what you're seeing right now, the vibes you're getting for the format, what are things that you like to slot in decks? Well, one thing I've been thinking of particularly today is we've seen a lot of, or at least I have a lot of Turbo Dark, um, both on the ladder and from the um, expanded cups particularly in Florida. 
Um, so one card that I'm just kind of thinking of is like a pseudo Wudo. I feel like pseudo Wudo is just a generally, generally good card. Yeah, um, no kidding. You know, uh, uh, because we think about the expanded format as, you know, you can go through your entire deck if you want to, if you want to. Now, what, what you end up doing with that varies depending on the archetype that you're playing. But, you know, you could play your four Shaman, play a Dedenne for your turn. Um, Battle Compressor obviously is huge. You can run through your entire deck. Uh, but that's only helped if you have the bench slots to play your four Shaman and your Dedenne and all your backup attackers and things like that. Um, so I really like Sudowoodo as just a general tech against that. Uh, can kind of help against Archies um, and obviously helps against Zork base decks. Yeah, I, I think Turbo Dark is the one that will be most impacted by Sudo, and I'm sure you would agree with Zorak maybe being a second place. Although Zorak seems to be kind of a lower-key deck right now. Not necessarily a lower-tier deck, but it kind of less favored by players at the moment. Um, yeah, I've, I've been kind of seeing, like, a shift towards Blastoise as kind of the favored... Like, I, th- I feel like a lot of people think, okay, now I have uh, the turn one cross-divide, via uh, Espeon Deoxys in my Blastoise deck, and I can just decimate the board in a way that <laughs> Magic Waylord couldn't do uh, because of things like Mr. Mime or Mew with Bench Barrier. Right. Um, and so we're kind of we're kind of seeing the Blastoise players uh, come out of the woodwork and say, hey, this, this might actually be a very, very viable deck now that I can counter the biggest threat that I had uh, more easily. You know, obviously that's, that's Garbodor. Um, and so... You know, we're kind of seeing a, a retreat, I feel like, from people giving Zork its its due diligence in testing. Yeah, I mean, the Espeon Deoxys, if you're actually able to get that off consistently, it's basically a, a uh, Archaeops in the, <laughs> with, in the form of yeah. an attack. You know, you just can't evolve because you're, all your evolution Pokemon are going to get wiped first turn. That's, that's obviously yep. a, a pretty rough for these evolution decks. Do you think evolution decks are are still viable in a metagame where that is possible? Or do you think that it's not consistent enough or you can dodge it enough where you can still play decks that rely on evolution? I, personally, personally, and I, I, again, if you're having different results, then I'm more power to you. But personally, I do feel the format is ex- so extremely fast that Zork may not be able to, to, to hold up um, you know, I, that's not to say that if you've been testing Zork and, you know, you're very confident in it, like, I'm not saying don't play it. I'm just saying from my experience, I, I really think that the format has sped up to a point where, yeah, a, a, an evolution deck such as Zork Garbodor really doesn't hold a lot of weight. The other thing we look at too is, um, that with just the high HP of tag teams now, Zork isn't as threatening of an attacker, Garbodor isn't as threatening of an attacker um, just because, you know, you think of something like Turbo Dark. A Garbodor has to take, you know, they need just so many items to hit into a, uh, a tag team, yeah. a Ninja Zork tag team. So uh, that's that's very tough on the deck. Just kind of those little shifts just make it that much more unfavorable to the point where I, I personally wouldn't recommend somebody play an Evolution deck in... Um, you know, for this regionals. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm kind of getting to. I'm trying to test out some Zorak-based decks, but they definitely don't feel like they have the same oomph they used to. 
Shifting the conversation right, back right. to text, though, um, we called out Sudowoodo, which spurred that discussion on Zorart. Um, I like the Sudowoodo. Another tech that I'm personally liking, and I'm curious what your input on this is, is I'm liking Girafferig a lot from Lost Thunder. Mm, yeah. um, it's a mm-hmm. really great answer to Mewtwo. Attacks are free under Dimension Valley, and you can get rid of some attackers, even if it's not the... Uh, even if it doesn't completely shut them down, you can limit their options significantly. And for some decks, it doesn't even matter to give up that single prize, you know? Um, right. Another tech I'm liking, or sorry, another reason that I like the Giraffe Reg is you can just randomly stunt on some decks by getting rid of some valuable resources. Like, you know, let's yes. say a Guzma ends up in the discard pile and they only play the one. You might be able to remove that from play and all of a sudden you have complete control over the Pokemon they're knocking out every turn. Um, that's for sure not entirely uncommon you know that is not an uncommon scenario for that to happen um and you know there's a huge variety of situations where draft is useful in a vs seeker based format basically even stuff like night march you could stunt away tuned marchers and that might be critical to some of their knockouts later in the game (laughs) so absolutely absolutely i'm liking the giraffe a lot is there have you tested the giraffe or do you like the giraffe or do you think it's maybe a wasted slot um, I mean, I guess it just kind of depends on the deck. Like I was, I've been thinking about it in Mewtwo just because generally speaking, your opponent's going to try to knock out two Mewtwo. And then if they have to go through, so like the, the fourth and fifth prizes don't really matter. So I've been trying to think of various one prize attackers that could kind of slot into the deck. Um, and so draft rig is, you know, definitely an option has some, uh, niche use, uh, generally speaking. And I was also pretty good in the mirror um but uh yeah no giraffe rig could be interesting i mean you, you definitely need to figure out how to play with it and you definitely should also figure out how to play against it one thing that i would wh- yeah one thing that i would recommend to players is and this is just kind of a general overview format look is like know all the different cards <laughs> and that's so like you know jw what kind of advice is that is that yeah but, not gonna lie um, that's not that's not a golden yeah. one <laughs> but giraffe rig is one of those cards that you definitely should should be aware of and specifically how it can affect you uh and just being able to play around it so i think like a deck like mewtwo has enough attackers in the deck that it can overcome even even two uh of giraffe rig's attacks but what it can't overcome is you know them using giraffe rig at you know exactly the right time when you've overextended your resources into the discard or you've um you know made some silly mistake you know you, yeah. you can really avoid being punished by giraffe rig if you play your cards right yeah that's something i've been trying to practice recently as well is whenever i'm playing the mewtwo deck just trying to be cognizant of if giraffe is possible how does that affect me so more recently right. i've gotten in the habit of even though it feels good to battle compressor away certain things um like for example both getting both guardies in the discard pile i'm trying to avoid that right now and try and save one off to the side because what would really be unfortunate is if my opponent whips out a random giraffe and all of a sudden i don't have a a solid attack to use for the rest of the game well certainly in game one right certainly in game one you do that you play a little bit more on the cautious side and then you know you play that first game one and and you see, okay, they don't play giraffe. I can be a little bit more liberal, but yeah, that, sure. that first game, you really make sure that you're you're playing to your outs and you're not giving your opponent a layup with uh, you know stupid cards like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's another card. That's another tech that I've really liked alongside that pseudo Wudo. Some other things that 
exists, but I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, name, I think, namely, when I think of this, I'm thinking of Pokemon Ranger. Um, I was just going to say that, yep. Yeah, yep. it's like, the card is okay, but it just, it feels, that's a card that's literally useless in matchups that aren't tailored for it. So we're thinking stuff like Jolteon sure. and stuff like um, like Seismitoad and Noivern is the only real situations yep. where you're ever Ranger. Do you put any value on Ranger right now, or do you think it's better off staying in the binder? I think Ranger wasn't really that good last format when we had Seismitoad. Um, you know, when Seismitoad was a huge presence in Expanded, I don't see it coming back. I don't see it being a good tech this format either. Yeah, that's certainly the vibe I'm getting as well. So that's a. is there any other techs, rather, before we move on, that you want to hit on? Or does that is that kind of the main ones you'd be looking at right now nothing i can particularly think of um in a general in a general way uh certainly there's always going to be kind of deck specific text that you can play but um even then nothing is really jumping out to me as something that i haven't seen content created about sure sure so moving away from text i think the last thing we might want to hit on before we wrap up for today is just getting a general sense of opinions on the meta. So JW, you have Richmond coming up. I am going to Portland as well. What are the top five decks that you expect to see in the room at that tournament? Not necessarily your top five picks, but the top five decks you expect to see. Yeah. Um, wow. I I uh, I don't want to sound like very. I don't want to sound stupid, but I didn't you know exactly prepare this is like off the top of my head but you know i have a, a decent idea here that's okay uh, i would say i would say turbo dark for me would be one uh blastoise that's two uh, i would say mewtwo in some variety either i mean probably the gardevoir variants because i'm a little bit biased to that <laughs> but there's also you know there's also definitely going to be something revolving around mewtwo and welder um and expanded and then I would say people are still really clinging to Pikaram from what I have seen. And then I would also say um, some type of like weird one prize fighting deck. So be that Buzzgarb Shrine or Hitmonchan. Hitmonchan was pretty popular uh, in the last expanded format for whatever reason. Uh, but people always like to play. Yeah, people always like to play these little uh, these run. little fighting guys. I, I think that is. I think that is a good counter. Uh, the the Buzzwool Shrine Garb deck and uh, Hitmonchan, those are good like foils to Turbo Dark, and to some extent, good foils to Archies. So I expect some like one prize fighting deck to uh, to be pretty popular. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, on the flip side, I think my answer would probably echo yours. I think Turbo Dark or Archies. If I had to say one, I think Archies will probably be the most popular deck at a given expanded tournament right now. Um, and yeah. then Turbo Dark probably taking up the, the rear there. Um, I would look at Mewtwo decks being the third, unless unless you clump them all together. But I think people are shifting pretty heavily towards kind of Mewtwo, Gardevoir, Toolbox kind of decks. Seems to be, at least on the ladder, where I'm seeing things shift, even outside of my personal friend groups and testing groups. That's the vibe I'm getting. Um, so that would be a, a solid third place. In fourth, 
I think stuff like Sableye is ringing true with a lot of players or some kind of like degenerate item recycling control deck. So either Ranger sure. or Sableye because people are really willing to use those cards that are about to get banned, which we will talk about yeah. on our podcast this coming Wednesday. Um, and then in fifth place, I, I would inclined to agree it's going to be some kind of one prize deck. I don't know if that's going to take the form of a w- aggressive one prize deck, like sh- like Night March or Vespaquin, or in the form of a more tempo-y one, like Buzzgarb or Hitmonchan. But I think something that trades really well into tag teams will probably operate on that fifth slot. And then Pikaram is also kind of like an, an HM honorable mention kind of thing I would throw in there. People really like Pikaram. It's also a really easy deck to build if you have the standard deck because it's very similar. (laughs) Just throw in some elixirs and honestly, you can just play it as is if you really want to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing I don't expect to see, um, is a lot of welder decks. I kind of mentioned that I, I think probably the only viable archetype it could even possibly be in is when paired with Mewtwo in, in a toolbox style deck. Uh, but I, I don't foresee welder being a, uh, an archetype or, or a supporter that is played in, you know, in a, in a deck that performs well at regionals. I, I don't see that card as being as degenerate and expanded. And the main reason why is that the synergy of Welder doesn't match up with the synergy of Shaman. And so Shaman is the premier draw card in the expanded format. And so you want to be able to utilize that in as best a way as possible. And obviously Welder is just, it's a very basic draw card. It's a very average draw card. Now it does obviously have the uh, bonus effect of energy acceleration, but there's already so much energy acceleration or energy manipulation uh in the expanded format that i don't really feel like you need that extra energy um from welder so i don't expect a lot of fire only welder decks to perform well at all Mm. in richmond um and that's just i guess that's my hot take i i i don't know maybe it's not even that hot um but i'm gonna go with that uh i would ask you riley you mentioned that there will be some type of lock deck that you predict uh, or, or, you know, you, you kind of named a few different lock decks. I would think of Sableye. I would think of Haunch Crow. I would think of, you know, Seismitoad Zorark, obviously using Orangarudix to recycle all your uh, broken, filthy <laughs> support items. What do you think would be the top lock choice heading into the regionals? I think... It's hard to say um, because it's really hard to build a lock deck that kind of effectively will deal with everything. So what I mean by that is a deck like Archie. I think Archie's is actually the biggest wild card when building a lock deck because you really want to be able to lock their abilities so and trap something active so that way they can't just accelerate to whatever they want and do whatever they want. And that's obviously, you need Garbodor to shut off a Blastoise. That's the only card that can shut off a Blastoise in the format right now, besides Wobbuffet. So, sure. that kind of lends itself to Sableye, but then Sableye gets wrecked by Cross Division, potentially, and it also... Uh, the Sableye lock, just in terms of Junk Hunt, isn't as effective as a resource management, just flat out. So then, Zark Oranguru feels like a more powerful lock in general, but then it really falters to Energy Acceleration. So I've been testing out some Zorak lock decks, and it's felt pretty good, actually. Um, 
except for stuff like Archie's where it gets really sketchy. But yeah, I just think stuff like Reset Stamp and Chip Chip are incredibly strong and will lend themselves to a degenerate combo somewhere along the way. Maybe not a regional winning combo, but something that people would be interested in playing for sure. Absolutely. So I guess the way to build that depends on your perspective on the meta and what you expect to hit and how effective that that strategy will be in the matchups you expect to hit. Yeah, no doubt. Do you have a favorite lock no deck, doubt. JW? <laughs> I don't know if you tested yeah, too many I, I of them. No, I, I, I put my due diligence into Sableye. I do like it as an archetype, but it does have its very glaring uh, weaknesses. I, I would say that Archie's has generally felt like a pretty tough matchup if they, particularly if they play, um, well, particularly if they play Faba, I, I feel like they, or if they play even one, like if they play a one field blower, one Faba combination, I've, I've found that that is just almost unbeatable with Sableye. They just can get things rolling too fast uh, where they are able to, yeah, if they get that turn one, turn two, even turn three cross divide, it just can almost obliterate your board yeah any board presence any board presence that you had at all cross divide seems to be warping the format a little bit yeah i think so i think so i i don't want to lean into that too much like i don't want to say on this podcast like oh cross divide is so good like everybody should play it like i don't want to lean into that and give people the wrong impression but i do feel like it is changing the format uh because it is so broken like that turn one placing 20 damage counters is just very very oppressive to these lower hp pre tag team <laughs> basics it's just it's kind of unreal so um that has been a really tough matchup but i think it has pretty decent matchups across the board in terms of everything else i like sableye against almost every other deck except i will say i don't love it against turbo dark those decks that can just get a lot of energy on the board, like first turn, second turn, are really tough for Sableye to deal with. Of course, you do have Articuno. You can kind of make comeback plays with N and Garbotoxin. But in that first turn, if they're able to get one or two attackers and limit their bench, they're in a really good spot. So a deck like Turbo Dark um, can also just simply overrun Sableye. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something that any kind of lock strategy we'll have to be looking at right now is how do you deal with these kind of overrun type decks like Archies and Turbo Dark that'll just get so much into play yeah. on the first turn before you even get a chance to establish anything, let alone a lock. Right. So the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the benefit of playing Sableye would be, uh, you know, you're sitting at home and you're thinking, okay, what do I play for Virginia? Um, and and why you would play Sableye is if you think that the turbo darks and the blastoises of the world are just too linear um for the big names or the better players to play those decks that instead people opt for kind of uh i don't know either slower decks or less less just i guess straightforward decks like those and then those are the decks that you really prey upon because they don't get all their energy out turn one you can usually manipulate them a little bit easier than those turbo style decks um and so if you're thinking okay the format's not going to have much turbo dark the format's not going to have much blastoise um then that's when i would look at stabilize being like my number one choice yeah yeah i think there's a lot of interesting stuff to think about going into this coming set of regionals so just to summarize kind of the thoughts we presented 
there seems to be a couple schools of thought when it comes to building decks right now. Uh, these more aggro decks, these more tempo decks, and these control or lock decks. And currently, JW and I are big fans of the tempo strategy, but we think all of them could be viable. Uh, kind of depends on what you hit. Does that sound fair? Yeah. I think so. I think you're going to see, uh, you know, I think you are going to see a lot of these these aggressive style decks because it is so fun and so, I don't want to say brainless to play these turbo decks, but like <laughs> you can really, yeah, the Unga, we've been calling it Unga Bungo Turbo Dark because it just feels like you're a caveman <laughs> with, you know, the, you just play the, you see the card, you play the card kind of thing. So, uh, that can be pretty fun for a lot of players. I expect a lot of particularly new players uh, to gravitate towards that style deck. Um, yeah. And so so I, w- I would make sure that you have a at least a game plan to play around that Yeah. in Virginia. Yeah, I think that's fair. So is there any other last comments that you wanted to make to anybody out there listening to this and thinking about what they should do to prep for Expanded? Yeah, I would just say if it's your first expanded regional or if you're trying to, even if it's not your first expanded regional or you're trying to prep for expanded, just give yourself a look at the card pool um, one more time. I mean, I know it can be overwhelming, but but seriously, take the time, sit down, and kind of uh, look through the cards or write down some uh, you know specific cards. I'm thinking of particularly Giraffe Rig. These are kind of the cards that can screw you over if you're not prepared for them. So Giraffe Rig comes to mind. Team Rocket's Hideout comes to mind. Um, I mean, Silent Lab comes to mind. There's not really a counter to that, but but in any case, um, you know, Seismitoad comes to mind, Trevenant. I mean, just these kind of oppressive cards that if you're not prepared can really catch you by surprise. So just make sure you kind of know what you're dealing with and, um, yeah, and, and, and refresh yourself. Take a refresher course on what, possibilities there are in expanded yeah i i would like to echo some of those sentiment sentiments and just say get out there and play have some fun with the games uh get some experience with the cards to get them in your hands i actually think the expanded format's pretty fun even though i don't know if if you get this feeling to your dw or if it's just me but i always dread the expanded format but then have a lot of fun once i'm in the in the weeds with it and playing in it yeah so yes well i i do find that expanded you cannot play your opponent a lot more than standard. Not yeah. not to say that standard I mean, standard right now is actually in a good spot where you cannot play your opponent, but even more so in expanded. Uh, you just have so many more options available to you at any one time, and choosing the correct path is often a lot more difficult because of those choices. Yeah, I just know you know so many people like to trash on the on the format and say, oh, you know, it's it's this, it's that, it's degenerate. Um, and that tends to get in my head before I start playing in it. But then usually once I'm in it, I think I find I'm having a lot of fun and I like the format once I'm actually get my hands on the cards. So I would just recommend getting out there, getting a feel for the decks and finding what works for you. Absolutely. Cool. So we're hitting about time here on our bonus episode. We appreciate every single one of you who listens on your iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google platforms. You guys are all awesome. And we will continue to try and release high quality content to make sure that you are satiated. Make sure you also check out our social medias. That's at Smiles with Riles and at Real John Walter on Twitter and JW's YouTube channel, where you can find our VODs from our live streams of the podcast, as well as a lot of other really awesome pieces of content. JW's been making expanded content for months now. 
So feel free to check any of that out in his repository. And with that, we will see you next time. Peace. Stay busted.